1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See
0: website for details.
1: Hello and welcome to Take Down Under. My name is Laura and I'm joined by Liam for yet another World Cup preview. The one most of you will have been waiting for, I'm sure, is the preview of Australia and their chances at this World Cup tournament. Now, Liam, I have to admit, looking through the looking through the tables and the fixtures and all that kind of stuff, as I like to do before we do these previews, didn't make for great reading. I'm aware of the irony of two Scottish people sitting telling um, a bunch of um, Australians who are actually going to be at the World Cup that we might not think their team's great, but I'm willing to go with it. Well, I
0: mean, at the end of the day, Australia have to beat the odds to get out of this group. Yeah. Right? They are not that they are, as I said before, if every team plays to their maximum, France and Denmark are on a different level. Um, Mm. That's just, that's undeniable. Um, But, but in our France episode, I did predict that France may be stagger in the first round because historically defending champions do sometimes tend to do that. And if that does happen, the beneficiaries will be Australia because they are the, the third best team in this group. I think they're they they still have enough to get past Tunisia. And you know, if it came down to it they could nick a nick a point off of either Denmark or France, I think. So they're not out of it. It's it's gonna to be tough, but they're definitely not out of it.
1: Definitely not out of it. Before we go on to look in a little bit more detail at their chances in the actual tournament and the way the fixtures pan out for them, tell us a little bit about that shirt you're wearing. I always like to ask you about these shirts because you are <laughs> such an avid collector. I, I'm interested to know a bit more about this particularly snazzy-looking shirt, I must say.
0: Right, well, I have to apologise for uh, football fans. I'm wearing one of the, uh, the Egg Chasers shirts. This is a... Wrong <laughs> bit. This is a, a, a World Cup 2019 Australia rugby jersey. Fair, um, fair. I particularly like the um, the uh, Australian Indigenous patterns on the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very stylish shirt. And you can never go wrong with, gre- with green and gold, can you?
1: <laughs> no, you cannot. And at least uh, I'll let you away with wearing a rugby shirt because at least you're not wearing a cricket one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that...
0: Unfortunately, Pakistan didn't qualify for the tournament, and that's the only cricket shot I've got. So. No,
1: that's uh, that's true. Um, but looking at um, as we like to do the the qualifying group for the for the the qualifiers um, for Australia at the World Cup, I'll just pull them up for us just now. Um, we've got obviously the the Asian qualifiers there. <sighs> Having said that Saudi Arabia were the worst team at the tournament, um, it doesn't hold out much hope for either Japan, who we will cover at a later date, or Australia that they failed to um, come above Saudi Arabia in the group. What does that say to you about, you know, Australia's chances? Let's stick to Australia just now, but their chances mm-hmm. at the World Cup based on the fact that, you know, two two potentially not not strong teams have actually managed to outscore them Uh, before they even got to the tournament?
0: Australia and, to a certain extent, Japan as well, both suffered for not taking that group seriously enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Australia staggered in a couple of games that they should have won comfortably, uh, particularly against the Saudis. Uh, You know, Japan lost to Oman quite early on in qualifying as well, which is the main reason why they didn't top the group. Um, But, you know... When it mattered, Australia got it together. They managed to get past Peru in a playoff, which is not an easy feat. Um, you know, my uh, my comrades on Celtic Down Under, Jared, uh, Sean and John, they, to a man, thought that Peru were going to run away with that one. So uh, the Aussies upset the odds there. They could very well do it again.
1: Yeah, they very well could, and and I have to say, as a as a non Australian Celtic supporter, I'm sure you'll share the share this feeling with Aaron Moy representing them at the World Cup and with Ange Postecoglou doing everything he's done for the club in the last year or eighteen months. Um, I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans will be willing the Australians to do well at this World Cup.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I mean, you know, no no disrespect to France. I I I love watching the French team, but. This group, I want Denmark and Australia to go through. That—that's my—that's my dream scenario. So. Uh, well,
1: well, speaking of which, let's let's look at this. Look, let's look at this group. Um, I'll just pull up the fixtures for um for the group as we like to do, and we'll have a look at them there. France obviously are um ho- well, I say hosting Australia. They're both playing in Qatar, obviously, so it's not really no. a home and away situation, but. Uh, Australia opening against France in what is possibly one of the toughest opening fixtures any team can have at a World Cup playing against the defending champions. They've mm. then got what some might consider a little bit of an easy game against Tunisia. Um, might be disrespectful to say, but we'll, we'll talk about Tunisia more in their, their upcoming uh, video that we will be recording. And then um, a, a closing game that could be a vital game against Denmark to close out the group. Um, looking at that sequence from an australian point of view how how do you see the group stage kind of shaping up for for australia and what are their chances of of potentially like you say getting that second spot potentially
0: well that first game against france is going to be crucial um as i as i said before if france are going to flop that will start by them not beating australia mm-hmm. right If Australia come away with even a point in that game, that's a fantastic result because then if they go in and beat Tunisia, they would then be favourites to go through, get into Mm -hmm. the final game against Denmark. Um, But uh, if they lose and lose heavily to France, which is a a possibility, that sets them on a downward trajectory for the rest of the tournament and then Tunisia would fancy it against them in the second game. Um, But no, I think... um, I think it's good that they're playing Denmark last because as I've said on previous videos, you want the two teams that are competing for second place, um, according to the form guide, to play each other last because that makes for the most interesting dynamic in the group.
1: Yeah, certainly certainly as a neutral, I'm not sure I'm not sure our Australian viewers would, would share your sentiment as far as that is concerned. No. That could be a bit of a nail biter.
0: Mm. Yeah, but get get the tough game out of the way first is is sometimes a good way to approach it, and they don't come much tougher than France. So
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's have a look at if I can find my mouse. Let's have a look at the Australia squad um, and the personnel who are going to be going to the World Cup. Obviously, no Tom Rogic, which is disappointing from a from a, a Celtic supporting point of view. Um, he's he's no longer a he's no longer. In fact, before we look at the lineup, what I did want to look at is Australia, a, a history of Australia at the World Cup. Uh, finals. Um, they did manage to make the round of sixteen in t- in two thousand and six, mm. um, and they have been relatively consistent uh, appears at the the World Cup, even though they've gone out of the group stage. You're talking about, you know, they've appeared at every World Cup in some form or another from two thousand and six onwards, having had no appearances um, since nineteen seventy four in West Germany. So. Uh, you know everything that we've said although the 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 signs and the form guide point to a to a group stage exit you can't deny that that they've had some quite a quite a storied um presence at the world cup for a for a nation who was not not a member of fifa um for for such a large chunk of time at the beginning of the tournament's existence yeah and
0: the It's quite, you know, the timeline there matches up almost directly that they joined the Asian Conference after leaving the Oceania Conference and suddenly they started qualifying for World Cups consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in the Oceania Conference, one, Australia and to a lesser extent New Zealand were miles ahead of all these other smaller island nations that they would play against. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you had like them beating American Samoa to 25 nil or whatever you know they they were it was quite it was ridiculous some of the scores yeah Um, yeah. and it's no disrespect to those smaller countries they're just not they don't have the infrastructure that a country like Australia does Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, coming into the Asian Conference has raised the standard of the Australian game no question about it Um, you know when Ange was Anj Postecoglou was the manager of Australia, they won the Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows you the 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 step up in quality. But also from a qualifying point of view, traditionally the winners of the Oceania Conference would always have to play off against the against one of the South American sides.
1: Yeah. Yep. So
0: that big white block where did not qualify that's usually because they would have to play somebody like Colombia or Peru or um, uh, you know Venezuela or something, and they would inevitably come up short because they had not been playing at that at that level in their qualifying. Whereas Venezuela, for example, would have already had to play Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, etc., in the South American qualifying.
1: Well, the the. The strength of the South Amer- American qualifying is is no stranger to either of us. I remember when we did the Ecuador video, um, we talked about the fact that they, they came behind uh, Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay in the qualifying, and and yeah. still had to overcome teams like Peru and Colombia to get there. So mm. you know when you think of that strength of team that have to, have to be overcome just to get out of the South American. Um, to, to say to Australia or to New Zealand, oh, by the way, you've got to play a bunch of Diddy teams and then beat potentially one of the stronger national teams in the world just to get to the tournament. Like you yeah. say, it's probably not a, a fair or accurate reflection of, of the quality of the Australian teams that they didn't qualify for these tournaments.
0: No, I mean, you would literally have them playing probably the team ranked 150th in the world and then next game is a, a team that's maybe be ranked 20th. You know, and mm-hmm. that's it, it's just such a gulf that you can't you can't expect teams to just step up that level so quickly. But so moving to the Asian Conference is I think one of the main reasons why Australia now are a much better team than they were even 20 years ago.
1: Absolutely. Talking of what kind of team they are, let's have a look, as I said before that we were going to do, let's have a look at that squad that they have got uh for the tournament. Um looking at the goalkeepers. You've got um Matty Ryan for, for Copenhagen, you've got Andrew Redmond for Sydney FC, um, and Danny Vukovic for Central Coast Mariners. As far as I'm aware, Matty Ryan will be the will be the first choice there, considering um the other two goalkeepers don't have 10 caps between them and he's got 75. Um mm. so he'll he'll no doubt be the first choice. Um looking at the defender situation, you've got uh, I mean a, a, a number of players there, and many of whom I'm not familiar with, but I do know Aziz Bezic from from Dundee United Nathaniel Atkinson from from Hearts. Um you've got you've got Serie A representation and Fran Karasic playing for for Brescia. Um Harry Suter playing at a reasonably high level at Stoke City in England, another Hearts defender, Kai Rowles for um Playing there, um, but not an awful lot of of well known names in that defence. I have to say, does that does that concern you for Australia that they they've got? You know, we talk about using these clubs as a kind of metric by which to to judge the quality of the players. Am I being um, disrespectful by saying the defence is pot- potentially a weak point for Australia?
0: No, I mean I don't think it's disrespectful to point out that they do they are playing at a noticeably lower level than some of the teams we've covered so far. Uh, You know, I criticized the Saudi Arabia team for the fact that none of their players play outside the Gulf States. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, when you're going up against people that play for Milan, Benfica, Barcelona, and you've got guys that play for Hearts and Dundee United, it does kind of raise a couple of red flags there, but, but you never know. You never know, the thing is, the World Cup is a platform where guys like that can make the step up. And, you know, if, if if a Hearts player or a Dundee United player turns it on against France or turns it on against Denmark, um, he may well, you know, in January, become a, a Serie A player. You know, that, mm-hmm. that could happen. Um, it's not... Obviously, you have to go on what's in front of you at the moment, and the, the, these this profile would suggest that this is not a particularly strong team. But Australia, as I as I said before, they have this habit of upsetting the odds, and I yeah. think there's a there's a there's a chance there. You know, there's definitely a chance.
1: Well let's look at the Rogicless midfield for, for Australia. And I say that tongue firmly in cheek because I don't think Tom Rogic has, has has earned his, his, his stripes as far as getting to the World Cup, but we'll maybe cover that a little bit um, towards the end of the towards the end of the um the, 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 the show. Um another Hearts player there, Camden Devlin, who who is a decent player, I have to say, um mm. but has only had one cap for the for the national team um in the run-up to this World Cup, so so fantastic for him to be involved. You've got Riley McGree of, of Middlesbrough, our very own Aaron Moy um, for Celtic, former Celtic protege uh, Jackson Irvine who now plays for St. Pauli in Germany. But I think the star player from this uh, from this midfield is Aidan Trustich, who plays for for Hellas Verona. He's certainly the one who, and I've done a lot of reading around the Australia team, that's going to be the star star man for this team. Um, what are you expecting from that group of players for, for, for Australia?
0: Yeah Ruth is a is a good one. you've uh, you done well to pick him out. Um I think uh, the the midfield definitely has a, a stronger profile than the defence, put it that way. Mm-hmm. But um again though you've got you've got St Merton in there. So uh yeah. um, but you know I, I yeah, I think that it's. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of Martin Boyle at Hibson, who is one of the forward players. But yeah, um, yeah, I think, uh, like you say, uh, the boy Devlin at Hearts is is showing potential. I think he is a squad player at the moment with Australia. He might come on as a sub, but I don't see him starting unless there are injuries. Um, but you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I I think it's. It's not. It's definitely not the worst midfield in the tournament, put it that way.
1: No, it is not. Um, looking at the forward line as well, um, we've got Martin Boyle, who we know scores a number of goals. Um, I think he's, he's certainly done that since he's been a late addition to the, the Australia squad in the last few years. Um, Jason Cummins is another player that many of us will be familiar with um, through his, um, his history in both Scotland and England. Um, I have to say that the rest of the strikers there are not ones I'm entirely familiar with or ones that I think play at a particularly high level either. So um, I think for me, probably Martin Boyle and Jason Cummins will be the ones I'll be most interested to look out for. But is there any others there that are sticking out to you as might have have an impact uh, in the forward line for Australia?
0: Well... Uh, I noticed Duke of uh, Fagianno Okayama is there. Mm-hmm. Now o- Okayama are a, are a Japanese second tier team. Yeah. Um, fun fact: I used to live in Okayama. But uh, the uh, he's he's a good he's a handy little player. But the the thing is that uh, you know playing in the Japanese second tier, um, he might be he might well be the only player from J two that is at the World Cup. So, I'll be very interested to see how he performs at this level if, um, if he gets game time. Because, Interest,
1: uh, interesting that you say that. There's Thomas Deng there that plays for X, uh Nagata. Now I don't know what level of Japanese football they play at. Are you familiar I believe, with them?
0: I believe they are J one. I think they, they are, are the top. I think they are top flight. Um, but but Fagiano are definitely J two. Um, so that's that's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing a J two player play for the J- the Japanese national team at a World Cup. So, yeah, that's that's a really that's that, that, that's come out of left field. I, I didn't obviously I hadn't actually looked at the squad yet, and I didn't expect that he would get in. But it's good that he has. It's a chance to uh, maybe again answer a few critics about the standards of the Japanese game if a Japanese championship level player can go to the World Cup and do some damage.
1: Well, that's where that's where these videos come in handy because it forces you to do a little bit of uh, research and a little bit of introspection and a little bit of um, review of exactly what's on offer there. Um, and like you say, there's there's little narratives there that you'll be able to pick out. The you know the I, I can't wait to see what stitch manages to do because um, mm. I, I haven't seen a lot of him for Hellas Verona as uh, thus far. I'll be interested to see if Mitchell Duke can make any kind of impact for. Um, for 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 Australia, because looking at the number of caps alone, if you want to use that as a metric, although we've picked out Martin Boyle and Jason Cummins, Jason Cummins only has one cap, so the chances of him getting much of a run out is pro- probably remote. Um, Martin Boyle's got 19, so perhaps he's got more of a chance. But Mitchell Duke with 20 caps, you would expect to see him in some shape or form for Australia at the tournament. So it'll be mm. interesting to see how well he does. Um, being a Celtic podcast, just wanted to spend the last minute um, talking about the Tom Rogic situation. Um, we actually talked about him a little bit on 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 a, a Celtic State of Mind, one of the the bulletins that we recorded today. Um, how sad is it for you that we won't see him at this World Cup?
0: Um, I think it's very very unfortunate because Tom Rogic, on his day is one of the most naturally gifted players I've seen at Celtic, um, in a long time. Uh, he, there's been, again, we can't, we can't say for sure because we don't know the full story, but there's been talk about mental health issues. There's been talk about, uh, his general kind of motivation for playing, continuing to play football at all. Um, and, uh, You know, I hope that Tom is in a good place mentally. Um, But at the end of the day, he has not played enough football in the last six months to to justify a World Cup place. And as much as we as Celtic fans would love to see him there, it would not be fair to whatever Australian player who has been working away for the last six months with their club missed out as a result of that.
1: No, absolutely. Um, uh, We wish him all the best. We wish Australia all the best for this World Cup. Uh, certainly with the heavy um, heavy representation from the Scottish leagues and from the Japanese leagues in that squad, um, there will be certainly a lot of investment from us, just even ignoring the, the obvious Australia contingent that is affecting Celtic Park at the moment. So, um, yeah, we wish them all the best, Australia, and here's hoping, fingers crossed, they can cause a little bit of an upset and, and get out of that group. Liam, thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget to join us for our next coverage, uh, which will be a review of Tunisia. Um, Thanks again, and we'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.